Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome everybody to a special edition of Push Dose EMS coming to you from the Milwaukee County Office of Emergency Management. I'm your host, Jeff Metric, Clinical Education Manager for the county. Joining me today are a couple new faces and a couple regulars. So System Medical Director, Dr. Ben Weston. Dr. Weston, welcome. Thank you, Jeff. As well as EMS Division Director, Dan Pojar. Welcome, Dan. Hey, Jeff. QA Manager, Linda Mattress. Welcome, Linda. It's been a little while. Hello, everyone. And our Data and Analytics Manager, Michelle Anderson. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. And thank all of you for joining me, and thanks to everybody out there listening. I know this is out of our normal rotation for an episode of the podcast, uh, but we do have some sort of breaking and important information we wanted to get out to you and take a chance to sort of discuss what's going on with our run forms. Uh, before we dive too much into the topic and to kick us off, I'll turn it over to Dr. Weston for a message from the medical direction. All right. Thanks, Jeff. And welcome, everybody, to the special podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk here about that update to Nemesis 3.5. Uh, and you'll hear more about what Nemesis is momentarily. But to take a step back, data have always been a cornerstone of our EMS system for decades, driving quality improvement, education, and other medical director initiatives. Now, that said, more than ever, we're leveraging that data to also inform our stakeholders, present company included, uh, as well as the public on the work we do as a system, our impact in the community, and how we can improve the health of every one of our citizens and visitors. Data is critical to our system, and this change should bring us to the next level. So thank you for your time. Thank you for joining. And back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Dr. Weston. This is some really great and important information working really with a national perspective in our data and information gathering, and it has a tremendous impact on patient care and, and how EMS progresses all over the country. So uh, to give us a little bit more in-depth introduction to NEMSIS, I'm going to turn over to Dan. So I know it's an acronym, but Dan, what is NEMSIS? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So NEMSIS is the National EMS Information System, and that is a program that provides a framework for collecting, storing, and sharing standardized EMS data from all the states in the, in the United States. Uh, NEMSIS uniform data set and database help local, state, and national EMS stakeholders more accurately assess the needs of EMS, as well as the performance of EMS systems across the country. And it also helps us support better strategic planning for EMS systems of tomorrow and beyond. Data from EMSIS is also used to help benchmark performance and determine the effectiveness of clinical interventions and facilitate the cost-benefit analysis of the services that we provide. This was started back in 1996, and it has undergone several revisions to gather more additional data points that they're seeing as far as trends and also points of interest and importance to document the whole picture of patient care. So with this having been around now for nearly 20 years, and you mentioned that there were a bunch of updates that have gone through, what's kind of driving the change and what's directing those updates? Yeah, so a little history lesson here on EMS. You know, EMS was started back in the early 70s at the federal level. It's housed currently in the Department of Transportation, and that was because we were seeing death and dying on the roadways. So the, the white paper EMS was we were having car accidents, people were dying on the roadways, and we need something to respond to these emergencies and take care of people. So there has been a couple of agenda groups put together at the federal level to say, what does the future of EMS look like? Uh, and the most recent version that came out was called EMS 2050. So what does the EMS systems of the United States look like in the year 2050? So there's been a federal initiative. Uh, there's a lengthy document. If you go to EMS2050.gov, you can peruse that at your leisure. 
But really, and the nuts and bolts of it is there's six guiding principles that create a patient-centered EMS system. And those six guiding principles are that the system should be adaptable and innovative. It should be inherently safe and effective. It should be integrated and seamless. It should be reliable and prepared, socially equitable, and sustainable and efficient. Uh, and if all six of those guiding principles are assessed or given the lens to developments or new initiatives in uh, the modifications of the EMS system, the hope and desire is that it becomes more patient-centered. So here, you know, we also use the data entry to drive some of, the, of that stuff internally for us here at the county. And certainly, well, first off, I, I'm showing my age at this moment, so it's nearly 30 years, not 20 years. Don't want to think of the 90s as uh, more than 20 years ago, I guess, at this point. Uh, but you did mention here in Milwaukee County. So how does these changes at a national level impact what we're doing at the county level? Yeah, so, you know, obviously there's a, a change at the federal level that trickles down to the states, and then that trickles down to us here in the Milwaukee County area. Um, so the new NEMSIS version is version 3.5 is the most recent update, uh, and DHS at the state has just started opening the portal to accept these new data fields that we're going to be looking at and collecting. Uh, and their ask is that everyone is on this system statewide by the end of this year. So there's a lot of work being done at the state. Uh, and we're certainly becoming an early adopter of this. Uh, we were positioned well from the get-go because we were already in process of consolidating a lot of our patient care record platforms into one so that we had a common uniform data set and also similar drop-down menu selections, for example. So also here in the county, once we started this project uh, just over a year ago, actually, uh, we created a data subcommittee of the EMS system. And this has representation from every fire department and EMS service in the county. Uh, that's involved with our operations. So it was a collaborative approach, brought together a lot of ideas. We said we want to make documentation as easy as possible, but we also need to be really diligent in collecting the fields that are important and also required uh, by state and federal standards. So using this new image trend uh, run form, essentially, uh, it will be NEMSIS 3.5 compliant. What we really want to start to understand is dispatch to discharge, because right now we only understand dispatch to drop off at the hospital. So we're seeking to get additional outcome information to really understand the whole picture of the patient encounter. So, for example, right now, a lot of the stuff that we see is acute disease only. And when I say acute disease, we're looking at stuff like STEMI, strokes, cardiac arrest, a little bit of overdose. But for a lot of other categories of EMS encounters, we don't have a lot of outcome information because uh, it's a manual process. For, and the health systems may or may not have the the manpower bandwidth to look up every single patient encounter we have. So we're looking to leverage additional tools, such as an automated bi-directional health information exchange. Um, so that will really expand and enhance our data set. So that's one hope that we have for the future. Also, another desire is really looking at the EMS system as a whole here in the county and using these guiding principles that I just mentioned to uh, really redesigned uh, the delivery model and methods for patients to access care. So does everybody need an ambulance? Everybody in here knows that the answer is absolutely not. Now, there's absolutely emergencies, totally appropriate for EMS to show up and, uh, and take care of these patients. Uh, but is there alternate pathways that can be more appropriate and even more fiscally responsible for the patients that we're serving. So some of these may be, you know, it could be a telemedicine visit for one of our wonderful med control docs. Does it need to turn into a patient that gets set up with a primary care appointment? Is there opportunities for us to transport to an urgent care for a simple laceration repair that's, you know, doesn't have any neurovascular compromise? So a lot of these questions we're starting to 
to come up with. Uh, and we really want to use the data to drive this system forward and really put us to, to work when we need to be put to work. So right resource for the right patient at the right time is kind of the ultimate goal there. I agree. And it's really important we're getting to that important data that's meaningful for those out there looking to make those changes. And because of that, really what we're going to see, I think, for the providers in the county is a bit of an update to their run report form. And I'll probably bring uh, Michelle in because I know you and your team have done a lot of really good work with getting these forms updated and NEMSIS 3.5 compliant. What might some of the more significant changes that our providers in the county will see with this new 3.5 update? So the Nexus 3.5 update is really kind of a minor update to the 3.4 form. It's not a major overhaul. This version um, of the Nexus standards was designed to increase the accuracy and efficiency of patient care documentation. It should better align our data collection with the data elements that are required for the National Cardiac Arrest Registry. Uh, we hope that it will streamline our adoption of the health information exchange, which will provide that post-hospital discharge outcome data for our patients. Uh, and there's also a, a new field being added called the universally unique identifier that will allow us to better connect the patient data we're collecting in image trend to other data sources, such as the trauma registries and the health information exchange. So with that, the biggest changes that providers should see with the NEMSIS 3.5 update are that there are going to be some new fields added, um, particularly for call disposition. The old field for call disposition was simply one field that collected incident patient disposition. That field is being removed and it will be replaced with four new data elements. They'll look at the unit disposition, the patient evaluation and care disposition, crew disposition, and transport disposition. So from a provider perspective, rather than entering data in one field, you'll enter data into four fields. On the back end, what that means for us is we're going to have much better, more granular data to work with. Overall, the way that NEMSIS 3.5 standards have been developed, um, they should really help to reduce the data collection burden placed on EMS providers. Um, they are doing that by reducing the number of nationally required fields and uh, making that a little bit more efficient. They're also consolidating the number of options available in different drop-down lists for symptoms, impressions, medications, and procedures. And that should reduce the amount of scrolling that providers need to do to find the options that you're looking for. Overall, we anticipate that our workflows should look a bit more streamlined and data entry should be a bit more pleasant for providers. From a visual perspective, probably the biggest change you're going to notice um, is that you will see a new and updated run form hitting the field with the consolidation of all of the fire departments onto a single countywide instance of image trend. All EMS providers will now be using a single unified run form to enter their data. OEM is developing the common run form template that all EMS agencies are going to onboard with. The common run form will provide all of the state, national, and system level field requirements, as well as the validation rules that are required and the visibility rules that come with that. Individual agencies will have the ability to adjust the run form at the local agency level so that you can customize the run form to your individual needs as well. And so with all those tweaks and updates and changes, how's that really helping on your end with all that data? 
Well, within the Milwaukee County EMS system, there are 15 EMS agencies with about 1,400 providers documenting over 1 million patient encounters per year in our EPR system. So in just five years, we're talking about roughly half a billion individual data points that we're responsible for collecting and managing. As you can imagine, that's quite a massive quantity of data to validate and put through rigorous quality assurance checks, but it's also a very necessary part of the work that we do. Not having complete and accurate data that we're confident we can trust creates significant risks and costs for the system. In the field, if we're relying on past patient care records to treat a patient's current medical condition, if those past records aren't accurate, we may make a clinical error which could negatively impact patient care. For the fire departments, you know, bad data collection can really increase the workload for quality assurance staff who are going through those reports each day or each week to ensure they are complete and filled out correctly so they can be posted to wards. When it comes to our data analytics team, bad data slows down and hinders our ability to create reports and dashboards that can be used by the system to improve patient care and outcomes. It also slows down our ability to advocate for policy changes, demonstrate the need for increased resources, and to show the community the good work we are doing. When it comes to data entry, we know that humans sometimes make mistakes, especially when it comes to highly detailed, highly repetitive tasks that are performed in a chaotic environment. Even on our best days, we all make a mistake or two. So the job of the data management team is to build a run form that is efficient and easy for providers to use and incorporates built-in tools that help reduce the likelihood of a data entry error. Validation rules are one of the most powerful QA tools that can be built into a run form. The validation rules act as a first round of quality assurance by letting a provider know if a value entered into the form requires attention by turning the field red or orange. This provides the provider with an opportunity to correct the field before they submit or post the form. An example of a validation rule that would flag as a possible error is if a recorded PSAP call time happened later than the recorded on-scene time for the unit. Since it's highly improbable the unit arrived on scene before the 911 call was received, a validation rule would flag the recorded PSAP time as potentially being out of sequence. This would notify the provider that they should take a look at that field again and make a correction if needed. There are different kinds of validation rules that we can build into a form. Some of the validation rules are mandated by NEMSIS for the state and national reporting requirements. Um, those are the updates that we're currently making. And then other validation rules can be set at the system or the agency level for our own internal data quality and uh, continuous improvement purposes. The next tool that we have in our data quality toolbox is our visibility rules. So visibility rules can help providers move through the run form faster by only showing form sections and data entry fields that are relevant to the current patient's care. For example, we can set the questions in the car accident panel to not be displayed if the call was not related to an automobile accident. Visibility rules can also allow us to narrow down the number of options available in a response set. So, for example, we could hide primary impression options that are only applicable to female patients when the gender of the patient being treated is marked as male. This helps increase the usability of the form by reducing the number of options you have to scroll through to find the right one. Another way we can make the run form more field-friendly for providers is to preset values for fields that almost always have the same value entered. With NEMSIS 3.5, Providers are required to answer five separate questions about delays that can occur during a 911 call. 
Normally, a crew would need to manually answer each of those five questions every time they complete an ePCR. However, to save time and clicks, we can default the response options for those fields to say none, which is true for most routine calls. And then we can only require providers to change that response if and when a delay occurred. This not only makes form completion faster for the provider, it also reduces the possibility of entering the wrong value by accident. Finally, sometimes it's just easier and faster to let technology take the wheel. Pushing CAD data directly to image trend will help us gather more accurate and consistent scene address data, which can improve our ability to geocode data quickly and accurately. We've also ensured barcode scanning is enabled on the run form for both the iPads and the Toughbooks. Driver's license scanning can help eliminate mistyped patient names, date of birth, and home addresses. And it can also just help speed up data entry for providers. So over the next year, the data team at OEM, we're going to continue to explore new and innovative ways to improve the data collection process for everyone, including making the process less onerous on providers in the field who are creating those new patient care records for us. So there's a lot going on there. You said 500 million data points in a year. What are we doing with all that data? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I'd love to share some of the neat things that we're doing with data. So the data team recently completed two dashboards related to cardiac arrest. The first dashboard provides detailed cardiac arrest data for each fire department, including characteristics of the event, frequency of bystander intervention, racial and ethnic disparities in prevalence and outcomes, survival rates for different patient population groups, and those long-term post-hospital outcomes for patients who survived hospital discharge. A few highlights from the data that we found are that Milwaukee County has consistently increased bystander CPR rates for out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. The percent of patients who received CPR from a non-911 bystander increased by 7.8 percentage points from 2016 to 2022, which is really something to celebrate. The Milwaukee County EMS system also surpasses the national survival rate for cardiac arrest. For Utstein patients, the national survival rate was 31% in 2022, whereas Milwaukee's survival rate was 37%. The second cardiac arrest dashboard we're building is a public-facing dashboard that will be posted on our new EMS data portal that we hope to roll out very soon. The focus of the public cardiac arrest dashboard is to educate the community about the prevalence of cardiac arrest and what to do if you witness or find a person who has gone into arrest. So we know that patients who receive bystander CPR are nearly twice as likely to survive, and for public AED use, the survival rate nearly triples. So we hope that raising community awareness of cardiac arrest and bystander intervention will really help to encourage more people to act, and that in turn will help to save lives. Another exciting project that's on our horizon is a dashboard for tracking suspected overdoses in Milwaukee County that will provide a deeper level of detail and visibility to EMS calls for suspected overdoses than is currently available in our public facing dashboards. So the funding received from the opioid settlement funds will allow us to track trends and patterns in overdoses down to the neighborhood level for each municipality in as close to real time as possible. Our goal is to get ahead of emerging overdose hotspots in the county and provide early surveillance of new substances or combination of substances, new trends and fatalities, and new previously under-recognized patient populations. We're hoping that this dashboard will be ready for use by the fire departments in the first quarter of 2024. 
OEM is also very interested in hearing your data ideas. So in the next few weeks, we will be asking fire departments to share their data and dashboard ideas with us. This will be an open opportunity for the departments to tell us what data is needed most at their agency level to help inform the work that you are doing. For example, if you are doing work in fall prevention and would like a dashboard to help focus your outreach efforts, we'd love to hear about that. Finally, alongside our new dashboards, we're going to be rolling out some new data literacy trainings. Data literacy is the ability to understand and make sense of information presented in numbers, charts, and graphs. Being data literate enables you to understand trends, patterns, and relationships within your data. Um, it's a really important tool for being able to find insights in the data and then using data to communicate with your stakeholders and to make data-informed decisions. Uh, so a lot of really great usage for all that data and really helping to inform not only our EMS providers, but the public at large, kind of what some of the health risks are out around the county, as well as what are some of the ways that they can have an impact on their communities and their overall outcomes and health. Internally, and I'll grab Linda for this one quick, how are these changes for 3.5 and all this data collection going to really impact our QA and QI processes? Thanks, Jeff. Well, quality review and system improvement depends on quality data collection. And while quality EMS care is certainly a priority, the data reflecting that care is really important. If we can improve data collection, consistency, quality, and efficiency, um, then we can expand our reviews, including looking at through our equity lens and increasing feedback to the system, agencies, and our providers. Some of the things that we view where data is really important, uh, for instance, our CARES registry, the cardiac arrest registry to enhance survival. If we can streamline data entry across our system, that can lead to more timely submissions, more accurate data, take the guesswork out of things, and then review at our CQIP meetings. Um, ultimately, we want to look at how our system can improve survival from cardiac arrest. We submit data to Mission Lifeline every year for recognition of great STEMI, acute coronary syndrome, and stroke care. Now, this is collaborative with our hospital systems, and it's about recognizing best practice care throughout EMS care and hospital care. It's important data on the EMS side, like 12 lead times, alert times. For these time-sensitive emergencies, these usually begin with EMS, and um, so it's really important for us to have good data there. KPIs, key performance indicators. These are system and fire department metrics that we discuss monthly at CQIP. We review annually. These are gonna be seen on our dashboards as they evolve. And, you know, we can look at what our providers do very well, and we can also look at where we have room for improvement, again, working to improve outcomes. Um, lastly, our CQIP outcomes for our case reviews. Outcomes can be really helpful in our case reviews, and we want to have an important and valuable interchange between hospitals and the system. And having good data and accurate data is really important for that exchange. Overall, because our entire system now has the same basic report, we can better now educate and message on good data entry. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Linda. So really through this whole thing, we've seen 
that what's starting as just a data collection tool really has an impact on overall patient care, uh, where our patient care guidelines, outcomes, eventually how that impact trickles down to the members of our community. Uh, I'll leave it to Dan. Any final thoughts or comments on the topic today? Yeah, ultimately, you know, data drives change here in Milwaukee County. Um, we've seen that leveraged from everything from the COVID pandemic to even some of the existing patient care records that we're utilizing in the Milwaukee County EMS system. Uh, and we use this data to inform policymakers and change makers, uh, such as those at the fire departments, uh, at the chief officer level, uh, the elected officials all have access to some of our data as well to, to be better informed. Uh, and this helps us move towards a more patient-centered EMS system with a focus on compassion, equity, and innovation. Us in the Milwaukee County EMS system, we're really uniquely positioned in this space and more importantly, well-resourced to provide this really powerful information. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Thank you to everybody who took the opportunity to, to come out and, and have a chat with us today. Thank you to everybody out there listening. Uh, if you do have any questions about the new run forms, uh, the consolidated image trend, any of the Nemesis data, uh, please reach out to your department liaisons. They've got a plethora of information and are in regular contact with folks making these updates here at the county. So thank you once again. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next month.